When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And just like that, we are live, ready to go with our with our beads in the forefront. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming out here today. Um, if you would, real quick, just kind of let us know how you got into all this. You're in the, the mindset coaching space and the spiritual stuff. And I'm, I'm very curious to hear more about your story. Yeah. So how I got into this. Well, first off, what up? My name's Jess. I'm a mindset mentor. And it's truly an honor to be here to talk about this. I love talking about my journey and connecting with others who may be experiencing similar journeys. And my spiritual journey really had me and allowed me to find a deeper sense of clarity, purpose, and freedom to express myself fully. And I found a lot of connection with self-love, confidence, pleasure, and communication, which I feel is interesting when we talk about spirituality because a lot of times when we talk about spirituality like we were talking about chakras earlier and, and diving into that but what's really cool about my take on spirituality and how i really work within myself and with my clients is i truly found spirituality in a time where i looked myself in the mirror and i heard back i hate you like that was the kickstart of like, oh my God, ugh, that feels gross. I don't want to feel that way anymore. And that was this, this interesting journey during 2020 when the world got quiet, but my mind got louder because there was no distractions anymore. So that's when I looked myself in the mirror. It was April of 2020. So we're coming up on a three-year journey of this. And uh, I looked myself in the mirror and all I heard was, I hate you. You're not enough. And it just kept going and going and going. And it was almost like, ah, I don't want to hear this anymore. So I really wish I could identify or target in what was next. But I don't know how this kind of got me to where I was. But I was like, okay, okay, what can I do? What can I do? What if I, what if I meditate? What if I journal? What if I affirm myself? I don't know. And uh, I was seeing all of these ads for headspace, calm. And I'm someone who boycotts all of the like really used apps. So I'm like, it. I don't want to use those. So <laughs> I found Insight Timer, okay, which is a beautiful app. I love it. I'm actually now a teacher on Insight Timer. So I love that little plug there. But I found Insight Timer and I literally was like, okay, what do I do? I don't know how to meditate. And I found a affirmation meditation for like 20 minutes. And I just sat there and I listened to it. It was affirmation after affirmation telling me how good of a person I was, how enough I was, how loved I was. And that was this like slingshot, this catalyst into diving deeper into this spiritual journey that I've been on for three years now. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And and I, I love I love when I can connect with people like you too, because I think that one of the mistakes is like a lot of the people that try to teach the spiritual stuff, they don't have the the vibe 
to it, mm-hmm. right? They, like you can kind of tell that they're not really at peace with themselves. They're not mm-hmm. really, they're not really happy. And I'm sure you've got plenty of stuff still to work through, mm-hmm. but it, sh- it shows in the way that you carry yourself. And that's something that I, I find, a, I think that it's easy to notice that issue when it comes to religious stuff. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, you don't act very Christian and they should, they should act like Christ. Or if you're a Buddhist, you should try to act like Buddhist or whoever mm-hmm. you follow. But I mean, I think in the spiritual community, especially there's a sense, like I had mentioned before, where it's kind of just, this is trendy. I'm going to follow it versus I'm going to internalize this. This is going to be something that brings me peace. And it's, mm-hmm. you have to do it. You have to practice it. You have to live like that. Yeah. And I love how you said trendy here, because let's go back to the mention of chakras Yeah, because chakras are really trendy. Sage is really trendy, like doing all of the trendy things. But if there's no purpose behind it, you're not actually getting anything out of it. I actually was just with a friend over the weekend and uh, she opened up all of these crystals and she's like, you got me these last year for my birthday. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I did. Like, are you like, <laughs> have you been using them? She's like, I don't know anything about them. I'm like, do you want to learn? Mm-hmm. So I went through and like explained each and every one of them and what they mean. And really my take on crystals is is really interesting in, in my opinion, where I see them as not these life-changing things like they're rocks like yes they may be charged with something but they're rocks how i see it is they are reminders of what you want to become or what you want to embody so if you're holding a red crystal that's connected to your root chakra that is insinuating safety and groundedness and security and if you ever feel out of alignment If you have that in your hand and you put your focus to it, you can start feeling more safe and secure and grounded because you're simply thinking about it. The mind is the most incredible thing. So when you take a step back and just point blank, see it for what it is, and then just focus on it, a lot of things can start changing little by little. Absolutely. Yeah, there there are symbols. It's it's something for your mind to latch onto. And I think that that's where people get kind of weird about it is like you're not going to necessarily change like the way you feel about life by carrying the crystals around i carry crystals around i love crystals mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's not because there's an inherent magic in there and i do believe that there is something to do with the frequency but sure, the, yeah. the real the key there is exactly what you just said it's a symbol that says okay look i associate this this ruby for example with the root chakra mm-hmm. that reminds me that throughout the day constantly i'm bringing in the feeling of groundedness of peace mm-hmm. security you know, and of all that good stuff. And and I think people also overlook the the psychological aspect of chakras. They look at the, mm-hmm. let's meditate on this frequency, this energy has value for sure, but every single one of those has a very important philosophy behind it. You know, it's like the heart has this whole, you know, you've got to learn to process your emotions. You've got to mm-hmm. learn to open up, stuff like that. Yeah, and it's actually interesting. There's so many things that in my my studies, my research of especially the heart chakra, like that is that is a beacon to yeah. so much. And even if like you're struggling with money, like money mindset or abundance, if you tune into your heart, I just had a client call yesterday about this and it was so expansive. We did this active meditation. We're working through money mindset right now. And I was like, where do you feel this disconnect with money? And she was like, it's right in my heart. And I was like, yeah, let's go in there. Let's go talk to them. So we dropped into the heart. And when we are closed off, our heart is closed off. 
we're not able to receive more money, more love, more connections, more opportunities, because we're constantly slamming the door in its face when it comes knocking. It doesn't, we can't even hear the knock because we're so closed off and it comes with the emotions. Like what are those barriers, those blockers, those limiting beliefs, those past narratives that are putting up those shields that don't allow you to see life for what it is or the opportunities that are presenting themselves right in front of you. Exactly. Yeah. Cause I mean, a, a lot of times when people get into that and, and I made this mistake too, I'm sure most people have, but it's like, you start thinking I need to feel something physically in my chest. And there certainly is your body does hold information in very interesting ways. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it's also like, okay, what does it mean to open up my heart? Like, yes, there's this meditation where I'm imagining that I'm opening up my heart, but that imagination, what, what's happening is you're communicating to your unconscious mind through symbols. It's right. giving it a symbol. That's that's how it understands things. So the the idea, like the abstract idea of opening up your heart looks like processing my emotions. Mm -hmm. I'm forgiving myself and other people. I'm sending love out both to myself and to others again, and I'm mm -hmm. accepting it as it comes in. And that's, that's where it becomes, this is a lifestyle. This is something that I, I do every day. And it's like, it's easy to, to contain that in one concept as simple as I'm going to carry around this piece of emerald. I don't know what a, a green rock. I don't, I don't know what the heart chakra is. Yeah, it's green. It's, it's weird because people are like, it yeah. should be pink because love or red, yeah. but yeah, it's green. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so it's like, it's easy to, to capsulate it in that one little thing and say, I'm going to carry this around. This is my reminder. But. Right, right. And it sounds like what you're doing is like loving kindness meditation or loving kindness just out. It's like love yourself and then share that out to the world around you. And then there's not this like resentment that you have for the little things in the world and you start yeah. seeing things differently. It's it's so interesting when when I started opening my heart and checking out my emotions and seeing how I was reacting and so forth and getting more into into the chakras and the crystals and the rocks. And I just look up and locked eyes with the green one. And <laughs> it's, it's fascinating because I started to notice that I was holding on so much resentment to other people that it was bringing me down mm -hmm. and it was causing me to not love myself as much. And the fact that someone else just living their lives and doing their own things, their energies was affecting me so much. I had to recognize like, what triggers inside of me, what triggers from my past are making me react to this person and then having it bounce back to me and have me feel differently about myself. Like that was like that external validation I was looking for. That was these insecurities and these judgments that I was holding on to because I was simply creating more narratives and stories in my head because I wasn't having love for myself nor love for this other person and their thoughts and their own triggers of their past. Like that's just so interesting because when you're in conversations with other people like people bring their shit to the table sometimes like that's just what happens it's, just, it's true and it's when you have like yeah. conscious connections you can say like they're all my, my friends and I joke about this I'm always like am I projecting right now like I feel <laughs> like I'm projecting yeah. and sometimes they're like yeah, you're projecting or like, no, no, you're spot on. Like you're spot on right now. Like we're feeling a little weird right now. And it's just nice to have the awareness of that. It is. And, and that, I love that because that, that conscious awareness, that's, that's the whole point of the meditation. It's not to sit there and meditate for an hour or two. It's that 
oh, something happened to me today. But somebody opened the door for me. I was getting coffee this morning. And as I was leaving, he like, it was like one of those awkward moments where it's like, who goes for the door? And he like jumped up and I like grabbed it. And I just felt like so uncomfortable. And I was like, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm walking out. And it, it's just like, why, why do I feel this uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Like if it was me, I know that I would, I would see the awkwardness. I'd be like, I know he feels uncomfortable, but I'm trying to be nice. That's all he was doing, mm-hmm. right? There's zero point in me feeling this way. And it's not as simple as like, boom, it's gone. But mm-hmm. you start bringing awareness to that instead of walking around feeling like, oh, function in society. I'm so stupid. I can't get the door. <laughs> you know, now it becomes a, a lesson. Now it becomes a moment of like, oh, this is a chance for me to start working through whatever unconscious issues that I have. Yeah. And I absolutely love that, that, that really like triggers a thought in my head where there are so many times where something would happen and I would be like, that was so stupid, Jessica. Like, I can't believe you said that, or you did that, or you made them uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable. And I would let that affect my day yeah, just by sitting <laughs> with that discomfort versus being like, oh, okay, let's just see it for what it was. It was a little uncomfortable, but like, okay, why? all right, what do we need to address? All right, now we can release it. Like, that's just what happened. And it, we're not going to talk to that person ever again. Like, it's, it's, it's well, on us to just release that. Right. Not after <laughs> that stupid you thing you did. Well, I mean, you, you do stupid things like that. You won't see them again. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, no, that's, that's, that's 100% true. Because it's, I think that when you don't release it, like you said, and, and all it is, is just bringing attention to it and accepting mm-hmm. it. Mostly, I mean, if you don't do that, though, you internalize it and you start to believe mm. because it's like, because your brain, it, it learns quickly when there's a heightened state of emotion. So if you're really stressed out over something and you are telling yourself, I did something wrong and you're, you're directing it to your unconscious with the language it understands, which is emotion. Mm. So it's going to pick that up very quickly and it's going to say, oh, I suck around people. That person's not going to want to see me again. Right. Unless it's Jack. And then it's like, okay, we don't want to see him again in general. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's so important that you call that out because it's, it's the story that you create around something that happened. And what's interesting, I started to notice the last few months I was doing this activity, but I started to notice that I was creating scenarios that were giving me anxiety. Yeah. And I, I'm someone who has had debilitating anxiety. Like I would sit on the couch and literally stare off into space and couldn't move. Cause I was like, I don't even, like, if I make a wrong move, like I'm going to like fall apart or I'm going to embarrass myself if I yeah. talk to someone. So in this debilitating anxiety that I've worked through and through, I started to notice that it was coming back and I was like, okay, what's coming, what's, what's coming up for me. And I'm really, really proud of the awareness that I have created within myself because I can notice literally in the first probably 20 seconds when there is a anxious emotion or thought or energy in my body mm-hmm. and immediately I'll be like, oh, okay, let's pull out the journal. Let's, let's, let's address this really quickly. And in five minutes, it can go away. Yeah. And uh, there's three questions that I ask myself. The first one is, what is the trigger or what is the story that I'm telling myself right now about whatever situation? And I'll write it down. And it's like the most, like, I think this person thinks this about me. I did this. So this means that. And it's just this elaborate story that once I write it out, I'm like, okay, that's a little silly that I think that. (laughs) 
And then I ask myself, okay, but what's the real story? Yeah. What's the truth? What are the, what are the facts here? And then I write that out and I start to feel a little bit more calmer and I feel like, okay, I, I see it for what it is now. I saw the heightened anxiety. I don't feel that way anymore. So here's what the facts are. And the last question I have is, okay, well, you know, I'm feeling this way. This happened. However, the other person may be feeling if there's another person involved. What do I want the outcome to be of this? Like, what what can I call in? And I, I refer to Abraham Hicks and I read her book, Asking It Is Given. And she gives you 22 different activities. And one of them was, what if? What if everything comes your way? So I use that tactic as my number three question and say, what if everything goes your way on this situation? And then I almost write out this like beautiful scenario manifestation of everything coming my way. This person, if it's a person involved, actually like say it's a client wants to work with me more. They are so, so happy with the, the outcome of this conversation. We end up having a stronger bond together and it makes me feel zero to like 100 to zero. Yeah. We'll say that 100 to zero anxiety to nothing. And I'm riding this high afterwards. I just went from anxious to like, holy shit, I'm feeling good. Like, yeah, I'm connected <laughs> to myself and this person again, because I was able to be aware of what the conversation was inside my mind and just totally redirect it. And that's the power of what our mind can do. Yeah. And I, I think... I've, I've taught something similar for a long time, mm -hmm. but I think you said it so much better than I have because the way that you you go through this, the steps of like, let's first identify it. Let's understand what yeah. the problem is. Then we're going to, we're going to take a step back and we're going to list out exactly what the objective reality is much as I can say, but the, as far as what do I want to make it, that's such a powerful thing that, that mm -hmm. reframing, you have to do the first two steps first. Otherwise you're just kind of floating. Like you don't really know what you're doing, but mm -hmm. once you have that and you say, Let's say it was a very awkward situation. Let's say I, I said something stupid, right? Like, let's, mm -hmm. whatever. What do I get from that? Do I make this a learning moment? Do I use that to break the ice and like show that I'm, I can be awkward, but I can also be funny and I can also be laid back and like be a decent human being and I'm fun to be around and talk to. Um, can I use this to strengthen the connection? Can I use this as like, there's so many things. And like, if you, once you start priming your brain to find the positive stuff, it'll go crazy with it. And you don't even have to think about it anymore. Yes, it's it's so fun because you can literally see when you create that change, mm -hmm. you will go out and like law of attraction, like you will go out with these positive narratives in your mind, positive scenarios, and you'll just start finding little positive things. And the way it's so interesting, like the way we look at someone, like maybe we feel awkward around certain situations, but when we start creating new narratives and positive narratives, it doesn't feel as awkward or we don't go back to that same scenario because we've already like, I'll say healed that side mm -hmm. of us. And yeah. maybe we'll be like, wow, dude, that was awkward. Wasn't it like calling <laughs> yourself out and making it a joke and then running with it. Maybe you make a friend out of it. It's just creating those new pathways and it's, it can't be a challenging to start because we're just so used to the negative and, and digging ourselves in a hole and spiraling. But once you start, it's almost addictive to latch onto those positive thoughts and to those like cool scenarios that you can recreate within your mind and then have that energy be broadcasted out to everyone around you. Absolutely. Yeah, you've got to flip it around instead of saying, I'm embarrassed, I'm going to go try to embarrass them you know, on the offensive. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but yeah, no, because I mean, the social, the social anxiety, which I mean, myself and probably most people deal with, it's just an emotional state. That's all it is. If you can make yourself feel like at a one, one out of a hundred, like you're going to always have some sense of anxiety. But if you can get mm -hmm. yourself to where it's very manageable, then you can focus on how you talk to people and you can do it without that distortion of like the self-doubt and the fear and everything. It's it's just changing that emotional state. And the fastest way to do that is exactly what you just said, that just mm -hmm. priming yourself, making sure that you use, you know, confident body language is the only thing that, that I would add in on that. But mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you, you hit the nail right on the head because it's funny. We will tell these stories, like you said, like, I know what they're thinking. I know how they feel about us. I know, I know what's actually going through their head. And it's like, mm -hmm. do you? <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because I noticed I wouldn't say that I had social anxiety before the pandemic, but then once the pandemic happened and I went through this whole journey for spiritual awakening and going down and deep into myself and my emotions and not really talking to people. When we came out of the pandemic, it was almost like, Ooh, I do have a little bit more social anxiety, but also I'm different because I'm talking differently. I'm sharing different things. And what's really interesting is a lot of times my clients suffer with this too. Sometimes is they're having a conversation with someone, but they're not actually hearing the other person because they're just judging themselves or what they just said. Mm, yeah. So it's not this organic conversation. And when you are able to release the judgment and the insecurities and just say it how it is, you're actually there more present in the conversation and you can drop deeper and you can share more things. And I'm someone who like, if I ever feel that the conversation is maybe going in the wrong way or uh, uh, the perception might be different, I'll stop and say, hey, like, how did you perceive that? Mm -hmm. And I'll just openly ask because I, I love doing like pulse checks. Like, Hey, Jack, how are you feeling about our conversation right now? Like, I think it's going well. Do you think the same thing? It's just open and honest. And I love that because it was like, Oh, I know something like kind of uncomfortable. Okay. Let's talk about it. And I think like that allowed me to feel a little bit less social anxious, like anxious in society and conversations because I'm like, I'm just going to out myself for how I'm talking right now and they can be free back. But it's like, the the common theme of just show up as you are and if you're not judging yourself you're not going to think that they're judging you so it comes back again how i how this first started like self-love like self-love and confident i love how you said your body language like how you hold yourself is so important because if you show up confidently the other person across from you is like oh fuck yeah this person is confident i want to talk to them even more it's attraction absolutely <laughs> I do. I do my best to create the attraction um, whenever possible. But yeah, no, what you said that I kind of I had several different images pop in my brain about the whole like I said something awkward or I messed something up, and then I spend the rest of the conversation judging that. And mm -hmm. I've I've had this I've had a really weird conversation over the last like three weeks about the um, the symbolism behind the Garden of Eden and how mm -hmm. like the serpent like the fall of man and everything. And my argument is basically that like. It was not a separation. It was a, we create the separation because when mm. Adam and Eve became self-conscious, they looked and said, oh, now I'm ashamed. I'm, I'm naked. I'm whatever. And they hid. And I think that that is just a very, very accurate insight into how mm. we are with each other, with, you know, God, source, however you want to prefer. Um, but like when we're judging ourselves, when we're judging other people, we're creating separation between us and them. We're not present. 
and just removing those boundaries and just allowing us to, to get out of the stuff that's trying to distract us, it's almost impossible not to fall into a state of presence and flow and just, and that automatically creates connection because there's an energy there that just brings people to you. It's that attraction that you're talking about. It's just, you can't help but form a connection like that because you're, when you're absolutely present with somebody, you're giving them all of your attention. Mm -hmm. That's what we crave more than anything is to be seen. And because mm -hmm. everybody's thinking about what they're going to say next. Everybody's thinking about what they just did. They're thinking about what they're you know going to do tomorrow. They're thinking about how this affects them. They're not just there with you. And so when you find somebody that's like that, it's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that so much. Like I got chills throughout everything that you were saying. And I love how you shared, like people just want to be seen. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting when you talk about Adam and Eve and the story and when insecurity came in and they were naked and they felt that insecurity and felt like they needed to hide themselves it's that fear of being seen, like being seen for who they truly are. And there are so many times we hide behind so many masks and we feel like we have to be behind these masks because of what society says or what our parents told us growing up or uh, a really toxic partner or a toxic friendship, whatever it may be. And when we constantly hide behind these masks, you're not really showing up as you are. And when you communicate with other people, if they truly aren't there, you can tell. And you may not be like, oh, they're thinking about what they're going to say next or what they had for dinner or what's tomorrow, but you feel the energy. And something that I really love to do is I almost take conversations as a meditation where mm -hmm. I can drop in with another person and give them one-on-one -on -one time. Like I love one-on-ones versus like group hangouts yeah. because I want to get to know the person more. And my favorite thing to hear, which I, I, will toot my own horn. I feel like I hear this almost every conversation I have with a new person is someone saying, wow, I've never told someone this before. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck yeah. That means you feel safe for you to share yourself with me. And I'm so grateful that you felt the vulnerability and the connection between us for you and I to drop deeper and deeper together because you are safe here. And that's what I constantly want everyone to know. Like you are safe. I'm never going to judge you. And there are so many times where I felt judged so much in my past for sharing myself. And I told myself, I don't want other people to feel that way. So I was someone who I, I, I will say like, I wasn't very kind. I wasn't a really good listener. And that was one of the first few affirmations that I said to myself when I was joining the journey of spiritual spirituality and my awakening is I want to be kind. I want to be patient and I want to be a good listener because I deserve that. But so do other people. And I want to, I crave a deeper connection than what I was having. And I feel like I've, I've been able to really cultivate that. And the way you get it is by giving it, by giving it to other people first. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, um, yeah, that's definitely, I think that that's one of the reasons that we can look at like romantic love as a spiritual endeavor, because it breaks down those walls. And at some point you stop worrying so much about if that person's judging you because you're kind of like, well, you've seen me at my worst. Like, I don't really care anymore. And so you get to this, <laughs> you get to this point where you, you do start to get past that judgment a little bit. And if you do it correctly, I think you can carry that out into the rest of your life. You know, and the same thing with if you're raising kids, if you have, you know, family and everything, it's like you get to that place of non-judgment and presence, ideally. And mm -hmm. you get to the point where that just becomes how you communicate with people and you start to mm -hmm. shift that into everything. 
And that's what we need more than anything else is because you can, I think anxiety, one of the biggest tricks that anxiety plays on us is it makes us think that we need it. So it's mm. like, oh, I have to think about this. What if they do this? What if I said this wrong? What if blah, 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 something bad's going to happen if I don't sit here and obsess over it. Mm-hmm. And so it may, it feels like I'm trying to do the right thing, but the whole time it's creating separation between us. And I always mm-hmm. tell people, you need to learn to trust yourself that whenever that thing happens that you're worried about, that you'll be able to solve it then because you can't mm-hmm. do anything about it right now. You need to wait till it happens. And then are you intelligent? And if you can solve it now, you can solve it later. And I feel like this is like, that was a really good call out of like worry, like mm-hmm. anxiety and worry really like our partners in crime here. Yeah. And I posted a TikTok probably a year ago and it was a really big hit. And I said, worrying is just lying to yourself. Like you're truly just creating a lie in a scenario and then you're reacting or you're acting upon the worry or the lie that's actually not true. And if you continue to live that way, like, of course it, of course it's probably going to come true. If that's what you're worrying about, like that's, that's all your energy is going towards this false narrative. And when you finally, again, like go back to that little three question ask or little journal prompt, see it for what it is, cut out the lie, cut out the worry and just release it and take it step by step, take it day by day, because there are so many times we look so far in the future and anxiety. And I'm I'm curious your thoughts on this, but uh, it's, it's anxiety is our thoughts of the future and depression is our thoughts of the past. Mm. Yeah. And yes, I think you can get a little bit of the anxiety like in the near past that mm-hmm. just happened. Yeah. But it's really like the projection of the future of what we're worrying about and lying to it ourselves is. on. Yeah. It is definitely. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I, I do agree with that. I would say that when you carry when when you allow anxiety to get to the point where you don't feel that you can affect any real change in your life is when the depression becomes a part of your future because it starts to feel like well this is hopeless i can't do anything like i feel bad now and i'm always going to feel bad because i can't change that that's when you start to get really depressed you start to get that existential crisis of like oh wow like this is just how it is Mm-hmm. Um, and that's so, that's so dangerous for people because, and that, that's part of my story is how I got started in all this because I was severely depressed for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so learning to shift out of that was a lot of work. But once you get to the point where you start to understand that these feelings, these thoughts are the brain, they're not you because you are not the brain. Once you, once that clicks for you, it becomes easy almost. It's like, I still get frustrated every day. I still get upset. Sometimes I had a little moment of 30 seconds or so of like, like yesterday morning, I woke up, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. But then it's like, no, 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 you learn this, the skills, though, you learn the technique to, to, uh, to get through this. So it's not about getting to the point where you never feel anxious, you never feel depressed. It's learning that I have complete control over how I how I interpret this, how I move on once I recognize that I feel it, no matter what happens to me externally, I can't control the outside world, but I can control what goes on inside my head. Yes, yes, I, I have, I've related this so much, like, so, so much. And something that I tell my clients a lot, and this is one of the affirmations I like I lived by, Mm -hmm. is I am in control of my own thoughts, emotions and energy. 
And that allowed me to just see myself for what I am and not try to control other people or the outside world. And that allowed me to release more of this, I'll say, I guess, anxiety that I was taking on from other people or feeling that I needed to have it. And I totally agree with you when you say that you're not always going to like be happy. There's going to be some days where you're frustrated or some hours where you're frustrated or there's anxiety that may pop in, but that's just like life. And it's, (laughs) it's it's unachievable or unattainable in my opinion that you can live a fully anxious, free frustration, free life. Like things come in and they're still going to trigger you. Like I've been healing for three years and there's still things like holy shit, that's back? Or like it came with a spin? Why is it here? Like the last few days, I have been a little emotional. And I recognize that, I don't know if you're into astrology, I'm a lot of Scorpio. Um, My life coach coach is like, holy shit, Jessica, whoa, you got a lot going on. (laughs) But I go through these shedding processes multiple times a year where I almost, I... I almost freak out because I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I, I say that because yeah. there are little versions of me where I'm like, I just get bored and I want to do the next <laughs> thing, but like, I love what I'm doing, but I want to take it to the next level and just passion comes through. And I'm just like intense, like let's fucking go. And, uh, and she's always like, take a breath. Let's journal about what you're shedding. And uh, like spring's here. It's airy season. I love that you're laughing so much about this. <laughs> it's spring. It's airy season. People say that that is actually the, the, the start of, the new year yeah. it's fresh energy we just did uh, uh, i have a, a community called the embodiment community we just had a new moon aries manifestation call last night it was incredible so many things were calling in and it's so interesting the energy that's brought in i'm like no wonder people are feeling either high like they're ready to go or people are like i have to shed the last bit of winter my my coat to step in to this new version of me as we all have these new versions you can be a new version every single month if you want to and that's the cool thing about just like accepting and becoming and not being afraid of changes which we can can hold ourselves in place if we are yeah i don't think i've ever heard anybody articulate my inner turmoil so well as you just did about the whole like i have to like i want to do this but also i can go do this other thing and i'm ready to move on and like yeah i'm kind of enjoying it but it's just not doing it for me anymore it's it's constant and it's a it's a real problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> What's your sign? Pisces. You're Pisces. Pisces. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I'm very um, actually half of my chart is Pisces, so I'm very watery yes. too. Yeah. Yeah. And that shows. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's one thing that I um, I've been I've been talking about that a little bit lately is the is the uh, especially like. Carl Jung's work on archetypes, um, astrology, tarot. And I think that sometimes people underestimate the value, even if you don't believe that the stars have anything to do with our personality, the pattern that is playing now in that story is very real. And so like the the seasons that you go through, the progressions that you go through, you don't have to have a, a deep understanding of like the Zodiac to be able to appreciate this or to use it. But to understand that you are going to go through different phases in your life, you're going to have different challenges come up in different seasons. And this could be a month, it could be six months. Um, you know, I could point to a couple of different phases last year, point mm-hmm. to two this year already. 
And it's, it's always going to be different for everybody. And that's, it's fine. It doesn't have to fit into a mold. But if you look at it as like, my life is just imploding on me, you're going to feel overwhelmed. If you look at it as there's a particular season, I need to learn this lesson. Okay, mm -hmm. I've kind of got the hang of it. We're going to go to this. And then it, it's a circular thing. Like you just said earlier, it's like, oh, I thought I got, got rid of this. I thought I was done with it. No, no, no. You have to come back to it. You're going to do it on a deeper level now. Yeah. yeah. And, and I love how you share like it's seasons, like whether it's the four seasons that follow the actual seasons of, of our year, or there's many seasons throughout, like there are so many little seasons, like last year from July to December, I was in the, the deepest, darkest, hardest season that I've experienced since this last winter. Yeah, it was. That, that's I mean, been going around. Yeah, and it was, yeah. It was wild. Like so <laughs> many too. things were happening for the collective. It was, it was like, awful. Oh, yeah, what's happening? But literally, there was a time I moved in with my partner. I and a lot of traumas, triggers came up, and yeah. I was like, oh shit. I used to live with a another partner. I almost married him. That's a whole other story and <laughs> part there. of my journey. But I was like, this is gonna be a fine experience. Moved in. Whew, there was a lot that came at me. And then, yeah. you know, when you're a business owner, you, you feel things feel like they're imploding almost every day, but you have to just work with yourself and like mm -hmm. things are okay. You always want more. You want to do better. You want to help more people. Like that's just kind of like this cycle, this circle. And in December of the, of 2022, I had a really bad experience when I microdosed. And it was like this. Was it really actually a microdose though? It if was, it was a bad experience, it, okay, or was so, it a mega dose? So it was a it was a micro. It was like 0. 0.5. Micro, micro ish. 0. 0.5 ish. So <laughs> it was a great time. And then I was coming down after four hours. And then I smoked <laughs> a little bit of weed. And I was like, it that just like threw that's, me into that's yeah, that messed up. Yeah. Screwed me up. And I literally was like, holy shit, there was like a lot of a lot of negative energy around me and I thought it was someone else's energy and then I realized it was mine like yeah. it was mine I was like I I remember I was <laughs> I looked myself in the mirror I love looking myself in the mirror that's a really big connection with me and I looked Very myself in the Scorpio. mirror yes <laughs> and I heard my higher self be like Jessica we are literally trying to help you can you please help us back? And then every cell in my body was like, we agree with her. Like, what the hell are you doing? And after that, my entire, I changed my entire life around, like really? everything shifted and it was the most powerful experience. And now I've been riding this high until this new shedding that I'm having. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. To kind of circle back, you had said something earlier about the um, taking anxiety from others. And I think that that's really interesting too. Um, not not it, it's connected to what you just said too, because a lot of times like we do mirror each other, we do mimic each other, we do pick up on stuff, and like that's normal. That's part of who we are. We can't stop it. Actually, it's one of the things that makes it really difficult to study people because people behave differently depending on where you put them. Because mm -hmm. we are very much a part of the environment that we're in, and it's impossible to fully separate that out. And so understanding the difference between this is somebody else's stuff and I'm picking up on it. And again, if you don't believe in like the, the energy exchange, which I would, I, I definitely do, but even if you yeah. don't, it's like you're unconsciously picking up this stuff, whether you know it or not. And then, I mean, just the, the level that that can affect you at, it's so subtle, but it's that one degree of difference that can really throw you off course. So you need to learn to be able to manage your own state and that will teach you to notice when somebody else is influencing you. 
it's also going to help you understand what you just said, which is sometimes it is you and sometimes you're blaming other people and it's like, oh, well, they've got an attitude with me. They've got a negativity or whatever. And then when you really go inside yourself and explore that a little bit, you start to understand, actually, they're very self-absorbed. They're doing their own thing. They've got their own stuff on their mind. They're probably not thinking of me. What's going on here? Oh, it's my problem. I'm thinking of this and I'm reacting to it and I'm treating it as if it's real. So I act on it and it makes it real because I thought that they had a problem with me. So I got an attitude back and now they do have an attitude with me. <laughs> yes. It's, it's that, that exchange, like it's yeah. even, I, and I believe in energy exchanges so, so much. That's why that affirmation of I'm in control of my own energy mm-hmm. is so important. And it's almost like the shield I use, um, an NLP technique, neurolinguistic programming for anyone who doesn't know what NLP is. And we, we did this technique where it's like, if you want to get motivated, create this motivation bubble and step inside of it and, and you can get motivation. I kind of took it and ran with it and created like my own little energy bubble where I have the circle. And when I step in that circle, it absorbs me and I am in control. Like this is my shield of other people's energies. And it's just another mental image of like, this is what I'm doing for myself. But what I think is interesting and how like you can absorb energy and what you shared is I came onto a mentorship call that I have. I'm in a mastermind with a spiritual mentor and I came on the call and I was like, yeah, guys, I'm just, I don't believe in myself. I'm not feeling really good. Like, should I even be doing this? And I'm like sharing these things. And I was confused why I was saying this. I'm like, this doesn't even feel right. Like, I don't even feel like this is me, but like, I'm saying it, I feel it. And two people, my mentor included was like, that's, that's not you speaking like someone else, like you just absorbed that from someone else. What is that? And we like did this whole energy removal and it was like this dark cloud on the back of my shoulder, just like hanging out. And like, once I removed that, I was like, Oh, like my chest got up a little bit higher. I held myself a little bit differently. And I'm like, I just absorbed someone else's energy. So like go back and put my shield back up to just stay in my zone and not feel that I have to absorb others, other people's energies. Yeah, I want to come back to the NLP in a second. But one thing that that made me think of is as far as getting anxiety and whatnot from other people, something I've not really articulated this before. So we'll say how say how I say it. But one thing I've been noticing lately that's been driving me crazy is every time I talk to anybody is they they keep using quotes from TikTok (laughs) like they will quote the trending sounds and, and whatever. And it's, I, I just call people out. I'm like, you know that that's not true, right? I, one girl, she says something to me about like very dismal, just like super depressed and like down on herself. And I was like, that's a TikTok sound. And mm-hmm. you've internalized this as your philosophy. And she kind of laughed about it. But this, it's a, it's a really prevalent thing. It's kind of annoying. What you absorb just mindlessly scrolling is so important because mm-hmm. you see like this doom and gloom, the new stuff. You see the... This is what's going on in the world. This is what I think life is. This is my dating advice coming from a 16-year-old girl who has had one bad breakup. And it's like you don't know, like you don't know where you're getting advice from with people. And to tune it out and just like not think about it too much, that's really dangerous. So mm-hmm. what you were talking about with protecting your energy, putting those boundaries up there, it's very important because if you don't have that, and again, 
that could be literally an energy thing. It could be, if you don't believe in energy, a metaphor for the mm -hmm. fact that you're telling your unconscious mind, we're priming ourselves to not let anybody else influence us, however you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. But walk us through a little bit with that NLP stuff, because I, I, I talk about it every now and again, but I'm sure some people probably are a little unsure of how to do it. Yeah. So neuro-linguistic programming, I got went to a training in October and holy shit, did it change my world. And it talked about energy. Energy was one of the big focus areas that they have, but it's more on your subconscious and your unconscious mind and how it is wired and how it works and all of the baggage that you have taken with you from your upbringing. So that being your inner child, when you were a teenager in college, your parents, jobs, relationships, so forth. And it's the unconscious mind that is reacting or creating these stories. So with NLP, it allows you to really take a, a limiting belief let's say like, I can't make money is a limiting belief that a lot of people have, or I am not enough and allowing you to go back to the very first moment that you heard that, or you started to believe that and completely change the narrative in your unconscious mind, in your subconscious, without even thinking about it and helping you pave a new path for your future. And it's so, in, it's so incredible. Again, the mind fucking amazing where you can just <laughs> release you don't have to hold on to all of these bags anymore and that's from just simply reframing like an affirmation reframing the mindset or going back and truly dropping in whether it's hypnosis or a meditation or whatever it may be and seeing your experiences as if they're pictures or movies on a screen and actually going back and really rewiring that mm -hmm. and it's a programming our minds are programmed let's think about a tv show or your remote you are programming what you want to see or what's on there and if you are just mindlessly scrolling in your mind whether you're you're taking it from tiktok or the past experiences you're mindlessly living the same narratives over and over again that have held you in place so if you want to get past that, you have to go back to the core of the baggage or of the, the narrative that came from that subconscious or unconscious mind. So you can no longer feel that you're not enough. Like that was a big one that I had to work through is like, I know I'm enough, but there is something that has held me back over and over and over again. And I had to go back to the very first memory. And then I basically painted every single memory with gold on the way back and after that experience i'm like wow i no longer feel this hit in my stomach yeah. that i'm not enough because i just reprogrammed my mind and it, it's so fascinating it really changed my world it is um and i think that one thing one of the reasons that those limiting beliefs can be so insidious is that they don't present themselves as like open up the workbook of my mind and here's the direction. It's like, oh, wait, can't do that because I believe this. It's more of like, you can think that I'm worthy of something, but you don't feel it. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's deep in there in the unconscious because again, symbols and emotions are how the unconscious communicates. So it's not going to go up and say, hey, you can't do this. I'm afraid of it. It's just going to make you feel the fear. It's going to make you feel the mm -hmm. negative thing. And so when you go back and you find those memories and you learn to reframe them, like you said, you, you, 
smooth them over. You look at them and say, you know what? I was 16 when I did that. Like I was a kid. Like I didn't know any better. Or that was one thing. Or that was like, well, they probably didn't like me because I did do something weird. And it's like, but I know not to do that now. Or, and it's mm -hmm. like, I have more to me than this. It doesn't make sense to base my entire life off of that, um, that one negative thing. But people tend to stop learning after high school or so. They think whatever, who, whatever social class you were in high school, typically people stay in that. Maybe you go a little bit above it, but they, they, they internalize that stuff. And it's like, you know so much more about the world now and you, all of those things that you're worried about, a lot of it is skill-based, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're very, like, I'm, I, I, I was super, super awkward. And I still am sometimes, mm -hmm. but I've learned that, like, if you learn how to talk to people after that, you just have to worry about the anxiety. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if you just get rid of the anxiety, you'll learn how to talk to people because you're not worried about, like, saying the right thing. You know, and it goes for everything, relationships, with money, whatever. You can learn the stuff, but you got to start by reminding yourself, hey, whatever I feel is stopping me from doing that, that doesn't have to stay there. I can change the way that I feel. And it's very simple because the unconscious is very responsive. Mm -hmm. It's so responsive. It's, it's receptible. It's, it's, you can mold it into whatever you want it to be. And I actually listened to a podcast called who are you becoming? And happy to send your way. It was like 25 minutes. So, so good. And cool. it basically was talking about how, whoever you used to be, whoever you were, whoever you are right now, in the next second, in the next hour, in the next year, you don't have to take on any of those past beliefs. All the things you didn't think you were capable of, if you just say, you know what? No, I'm capable of it. And you start showing up as that, that is when people get to change their lives. I mean, me, someone who grew up in middle class in St. Louis, Missouri, Oh, that is, sorry. Yeah, I'm. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so <laughs> glad you said that. People are like, "Why do you hate it?" I'm like, "It's, it's, yeah." yeah. But yeah, I had no, so much, so much experiences <laughs> from there that just don't make me feel good. And so many people that I know stay there, and I needed to break free. I like, I felt it in my core. I needed to get out. And when I did that, I felt like I was able to take off all of the the rags that I was wearing mm. that kept me small that St. Louis made me and all of these other narratives of you have to stay in your nine to five 401k it's risky all of these things yeah. like yeah, I've dated that guy for four and a half years you've been with him for so long you're 25 you have to get married you have to have kids you got to buy a house by 30 I was like that just doesn't resonate that doesn't feel good and I decided against all of that and yes it was so risky it was so scary but I was like who I am right now if I continue on this path I'm going to become someone that I don't like I am going to be someone who settles in a super unhappy way why would I want to live that way so that's where this huge like almost like the big bang happened for me and boom like I am a successful business owner. I'm living with the love of my life. I have incredible friends. I'm in San Francisco, California. Like, holy shit. Like the changes are in all of us. We just have to take a step forward or just say like, I'm tired of feeling this way. What do I have to do? Whether you go to 
a meditation app or you start journaling or you start listening to podcasts or you invest in a mentor, whatever it is. Yeah. Right here, baby. Yeah. This one right here. That, <laughs> that is what changes your world. And when you start to believe that and absorb more of this content yeah. instead of the, the drowning you down, pulling you down content, that is what you are now fueling yourself with. And your unconscious mind is like, nom, 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 nom. I freaking love this stuff. Give me more. And then you can become this being that you've dreamed of, that you see other people becoming. Because if you can see it in them, you have it in you. And I think that is the most powerful thing ever. Because if someone else can do it, why can't you? Exactly. You have this, I think that's one of the fundamental um, rules of NLP is that you all have essentially the same hardware in your brain. So if somebody else can learn something, you can learn the exact same thing. And it takes us back to what we were talking about with environment. You know, it's like if you stay in your small town and you stay in that place where everybody's, you know, it's the same peer group, same social pressures, the same routines, habits and everything, you stay stuck in that, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you can get out of that bubble, when you can get into something new, your environment's going to affect you in new ways. And that's a great opportunity because you're, you're tilling the soil. You have an opportunity to plant something new, to start over. And it's not always in the cards for people to just up and move. You know, maybe mm-hmm. they're younger, maybe they're in a bad financial situation, maybe they're whatever. Like there, there's mm-hmm. there's reasons why you can't just move every time you have a problem. Right. But you can't. <laughs> I mean, well, I've seen some people do it, but sometimes I'm like, should I go again? Like we're yeah. <laughs> things are a little off. Should I go? <laughs> yeah, I hear Florida's a lot of fun right now. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, like there are things in your environment that you can change, like the content you consume, for example, the friends that you allow in your life. Maybe you can't leave your job just yet, but you can go and find a new peer group. You can go and find, um, you know, different social settings. You can find online groups. I have so many friends online that I've never met in person and you're one of them now, but like, there's just so many people that I've connected with everywhere just by doing this. And it's like, that community that I've wanted forever, the philosophical, spiritual, like research and like just the, the weird stuff that I get into, it's like, that doesn't exist here, but it does exist out there. And like, mm-hmm. slowly I have actually built that for myself. And it's like, one, I have a tremendous amount of pride. Two, it's, I can see how it's affecting other people's lives. Three, mm-hmm. I'm completely changed because of it, because as smart as I think I am, and I, I, I think I'm pretty smart sometimes, but (laughs) as smart, (laughs) as smart as I think I am, like I'm corrected. I'm put in my place all the time because Mm -hmm. people, they, they can see you objectively. They can see your mistakes. They can see your, your blind spots. And that's super important. And so when you take the time to, to figure out what could I be, how do I get there? How do I surround myself with the people that are going to force me to become that? It's really Mm -hmm. powerful. Yeah. Yeah, And I love how you call out blind spots. Like every time I talk to my life coach or my spiritual mentor, I'm like, I have it all figured out. I'm doing great. And then I'll like start talking about something or some off energy and they'll be like, blind spot, blind spot, (laughs) blind spot. Here's a, I'm your mirror. And I'm like, yeah. And that's exactly with my clients. I'm like, this person has been struggling with something since they were 15 and they didn't realize it until our first call. And I was like, Hey, how did you think about this? Yeah. Literally, she was like, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> what? And it was like the biggest breakthrough. I'm like, yeah, like sometimes you just need someone to hear you and yeah. then reflect back to you what you're not seeing. And then you can you can change. You can become whatever. So I love that you have created this space and you have created such incredible platforms and connections with other people who are sharing things like this. This is this is the 21st century and it's 
honestly cool that we can have people from all over the nation, all the countries to connect deeper. Like that's why I have the embodiment community that I, I house and host for, for people who don't have communities in their space, like people who are in Illinois or St. Louis too. And they're like, I can't find anyone who talks about this. I'm like, come to this space. So you feel I think in Illinois, they actually burn you at the stake if you talk about oh, it. Oh, wow. Dang, I'm yeah. glad I'm not in Illinois. <laughs> that was college. <laughs> that was college. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And like the blind spots take us back to the very beginning of the conversation when you're talking about looking at yourself in the mirror and hearing these voices coming in at you like you're, you know, you're not worthy or I hate you and you suck and all this other stuff. It's like that stuff is it's, it's like it's like wandering around in the fog. It's like there's all these wraiths, all these little mists and illusions, and like you don't really know what's true. You try to push on something a little bit, and it just disappears. But it's like you've got to push on it. You've got to go test this stuff. Why am I not worthy? Why am I not enough? Give me, explain this to me. Like, let's mm-hmm. really understand what makes me not worthy. Because a lot of times when you resist that a little bit, you find out it's just an illusion. You know, mm-hmm. it's just it gives way, and then it's like, okay, well, it sucks that you get to that place of quiet, like you said when the, during the pandemic. Like you get to that place of quiet and then the brain gets loud. The brain's always loud. We're just mm-hmm. not tuned into it. And so the process of meditation and the spiritual path is becoming aware of that and sorting through it one bit at a time. And it takes years and it's stressful. Mm-hmm. But once it starts to settle down, it's you will never be the same again because you mm-hmm. can't go back to that place. You can't become unenlightened. You can't. Yes. Yeah. You finally find peace. And yeah. I think that's the the biggest thing that I've learned and everyone else who I've chatted with who has experienced that type is you finally find inner peace. And yeah. that I mean, that's priceless. It's not not dependent on creating your life a certain mm-hmm. way. It's dependent on your interpretation of of reality. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Well, listen, it has been, this has been a great conversation. I actually lost track of time. Thank you so much for coming out here. And yeah, this is a lot of fun. Jack, thank you so much for having me. I had such a great time. I checked the clock and I was like, I don't know how long this has been going, but like we're crushing this conversation. So I've loved it. Thank you for having me. I I truly, truly appreciate it. Definitely. I, I appreciate you as well. And we'll be in touch. I'll have this up over the weekend sometime and um, I'll reach out to you soon and kind of let you know. Absolutely. Thank you again. Have a good day. Thanks, Jackie Jill. Bye.